Hi, and welcome to Ask the Horse Live. I'm your host, Shoshana Rudsky. Tonight we're discussing feeding senior horses. Good nutrition and a balanced diet are important for all senior or for all horses, but senior horses have some special requirements to consider. This event is sponsored by Purina Animal Nutrition. To answer your questions, we are joined by two expert panelists, Dr. Shannon Pratt Phillips and Dr. Kelly Vineyard. Welcome to both of you. Hi, everyone. Thanks, Shoshana. Dr. Pratt Phillips, can you tell us a little bit about your background in equine nutrition? Yeah, great. Uh, I grew up in Toronto, uh, Canada, and I used to ride a lot, like probably many of you. Uh, and in high school, I really enjoyed chemistry and physiology, and that continued through university. Uh, and I really wasn't interested in vet school, and nutrition seemed like a very good fit so that I could have a positive impact on horse health. So I studied nutrition for my undergrad degree, and then I went to University of Kentucky to study equine nutrition, and then I went back to uh, University of Guelph in Canada for my PhD. And I started teaching at NC State in 2006, and I'm a professor of equine nutrition. And so I spend my time teaching and doing research in uh, equine science, focusing on uh, insulin metabolism and obesity and weight loss. Um, and I'm really glad to talk about senior horses because my sort of old uh, hunter that I had in my teenage years, he lived to be 30. And I think a lot of that was because he had some good food. Super, thank you so much for joining us. And then um, Dr. Vineyard, what can you tell us a little bit about your role at Purina and a little bit about your background as well? Yeah, so um, so like Shannon, uh, I also grew up riding, uh, was a horse crazy kid and, you know, tried to figure out a way, how could I marry my passion of horses and science? Uh, I ended up at um, Auburn University and did my undergraduate in um, animal sciences. And then I went to the University of Florida for my master's and my PhD in um, animal science with a focus in equine nutrition. And uh, there I, uh, my, my PhD research focused on nutritional immunology, specifically omega-3 fatty acids and um, feeding to horses. So from there, uh, I immediately came to work for Purina. So Purina was sort of my first real job in the industry. And I've actually been uh, with Purina as a nutritionist for almost 14 years. And um, I've done a little bit of everything uh, in my role at Purina. And right now I focus a lot of my time on working with veterinarians and working um, on feeding uh, horses with medical conditions, uh, including senior horses and doing new product research and development and um, kind of specifically related to senior horses. We recently uh, patented our equine senior formula that includes the um, active age technology. And we did a lot of that work with um, Dr. Amanda Adams at the Gluck Equine Research Center there in Kentucky. And so I've spent a lot of time thinking about feeding senior horses. Um, I showed uh, my off-track thoroughbred Roman up until he was 20 years old in FEI dressage. So I do believe senior horses, um, you know, have a lot of life to give us for sure. Great, thank you. So um, before we jump into our questions, I want to remind everyone of our Ask the Horse Live format. We're starting off with questions submitted during registration. If you're listening live and would like to submit a question, you can do so via the app. We'll do our best to get to as many of our questions as possible. And if you're listening to the podcast recording of this event, I would like to join us live in the future. Please visit thehorse.com slash askthehorselive to register for notifications. And with that, we're going to jump right in. So starting with um, Dr. Vineyard, Leslie in California is wondering how old you would, could, you would consider a horse to be a senior. Oh, well, this is one of my favorite questions because it always frustrates people when I say um, there, it's very difficult to define an age for a senior. It's really not, you know, about the number of birthdays or the age. It's really more about their physiology. Um, you know, some horses are going to start feeling their age, you know, earlier, maybe in their teens, you know, maybe you can think around 16, something like that. 
but others um, may work well into their 20s and you know as long as their teeth are in good shape and their digestive digestion is you know functioning properly um, they may not really have kind of like an old physiological age so you know it's really more about watching for those signs of aging you know weight loss or decreased body condition which you know maybe that's indicative of poor teeth or poor absorption um, you know not maintaining muscle mass that might be indicative of you know some type of uh, maybe PPID or some something else related to aging and then just some general changes in their eating behavior you know again looking at their teeth function so that's really what it comes down to for me is um, looking at the horse Great, thank you. And then for um, Dr. Pratt Phillips, Pamela in Washington is wondering what the best way to know if her senior horse is getting adequate nutrition would be. Yeah, so that's a great question. And um, I always think that the best way to know is to get your diet analyzed. And so that would be including getting your hay analyzed and taking a close look at the commercial feed that you might be feeding or sort of whole grain products or whatever it is you're adding and then sort of including all of your supplements. And you could work with a nutritionist or somebody at the feed company that you're working with and basically add up all of the nutrients that your horse is consuming and compare those to what his nutrient requirements are. And usually if there are things that are actually missing, they're going to be relatively easy to to go and fix by just adding those into the horse's diet. Uh, sometimes there might be an occasion where the diet actually looks okay, but you have reason to believe that there might still be some kind of deficiency due to a malabsorption or some other problem. And that's where perhaps going in and doing maybe some blood work or more invasive testing would be, uh, would be called for. But I always think getting the, the feed analyzed, working with a nutritionist or a feed company um, is the best way to go. Great, that's super helpful to know. And then back to Dr. Vineyard. Tamara from Georgia is wondering what the effect of high iron in seniors' diets would be. Well, um, so uh, I should first say that seniors do have, you know, an iron requirement. And so kind of going back to what um, Dr. Phillips was just saying, you know, looking at nutritional requirements of the horse, there is an iron requirement for the horse. You know, fortunately, uh, horses don't tend to be deficient in iron. There's plenty of iron in, in forages and, and fortified feeds. Um, so, but the question being high iron, um, I think why Tamara may be asking this is because there are some some things out there that you see about being concerned about avoiding iron for horses, specifically horses that may have some metabolic concerns. And um, I will just kind of make it easy to say uh, generally, we could do probably a whole webinar on this topic, but um, we don't really have good evidence to, to say that you should avoid iron for senior horses specifically. Um, horses do a really good job of excreting um, iron. A lot of the iron that they eat isn't uh, really absorbed well anyway. Um, now there are certain cases where horses may have some type of altered metabolism and they do actually absorb too much iron. Those are rare. If you think you, your horse has that problem, you certainly need to work with a veterinarian and a nutritionist. Um, but generally across the board, um, you know, there's no negative effects of high iron, you know, especially depending on how you define what high, high iron is. Um, but it's not something you need to, to really avoid in senior diets. If I can just also add in, I don't think it's necessarily something that's specific to seniors versus younger horses. Sure. We don't yes. know if there's a difference. And if you are worried and you've analyzed your diet, it seems to be high in iron, you could always go and get some blood work done too. Um, and then discuss with your veterinarian if something needs to be you know, looked at further with their blood work. Great, thank you there. And then also, um, Dr. Um, Pratt Phillips, while we have you talking here, um, she's okay. also, um, Tamara from Georgia is also wondering if vitamin C or any other vitamins are more important to keep in mind for senior horses versus just horses of all ages in general. Right. So vitamin C is one that kind of came up as being interesting for senior horses because uh, an older study, I believe it was back in the 80s even, um, looked at uh, sort of uh, physiologic panels between sort of younger horses versus older horses. And it was found that older horses had lower vitamin C status. And of course, horses are species unlike humans or guinea pigs or whatever. 
horses can actually synthesize their own vitamin C. And so we don't know if horses just can't produce enough vitamin C or perhaps they use more of it because it is a pretty powerful antioxidant. And so that's why there is some, you know, perhaps a reason to have vitamin C added into the diets of older horses. Um, I don't think there has been anything uh, out or specific about any other vitamins, uh, but I would also say that as horses get older and they might have some age-related conditions, um, other antioxidants, and I'll say in particular vitamin E, might be one that you might also consider supplementing with, especially if you're feeding a diet that has sort of um, perhaps not a whole lot of pasture available. And that's sort of the only one that you might also consider looking at some blood work for that vitamin E just to make sure that whatever you're feeding is actually doing what it's supposed to do in the body. And then with that, is there any risk of overfeeding any of the vitamins or overfeeding vitamin E or anything else there that people would want to be concerned about? Yeah, so that's a great question. Um, so vitamin E is water soluble. And so what that means is if you do take up too much of it or if you consume too much of it, it will actually go out in the horse's urine. Just like if your kids got into the little Flintstone vitamins and vitamin C, then that's not usually a concern um, because that vitamin C can be cleared. Um, there is some thought, though, perhaps if you're feeding vitamin C, maybe that would actually slow the body's innate ability to produce vitamin C. Um, but that might, you know, that might just kind of come up in some cases. Um, and then vitamin E is relatively safe, even in some pretty high doses. Um, it could potentially interact with the absorption and use of some other vitamins. So you do have to kind of keep it in check, but monitoring the diet and then also monitoring the blood work would be a good way to kind of follow along with those. Great, thank you. And then back over to Dr. Vineyard. Lene from Florida is wondering what the safest way to add calories to put on weight for a senior horse who also has insulin resistant issues would be. Yeah, so this is a very good question. It's a very important question because I think it's a really common scenario. You've, you've got a horse, an aging horse that's, you know, maybe getting a little thin and often, you know, our senior horses also have some, um, you know, metabolic concerns or insulin resistance. So, you know, the kind of the big picture here is you want calories, but you want to minimize sugar and starch. So some good um, calorie additions to the diet. You know, I always like to start with the forage because that's the basis of the horse's diet. And so how can you get the most calorie dense forage um, with the lowest, uh, you know, sugar and starch content? And a lot of people don't realize that you know, alfalfa hay tends to be lower in sugar and starch than a lot of grass hays. So, it, you know, maybe just adding a flake or two of that into their regular forage um, diet, you know, maybe substituting a little grass hay for that if they can still eat hay. That's one good way to do that. You can also use, you know, soaked cubes or alfalfa pellets. That works as well. And then um, kind of moving to like your more concentrated source of calories. I mean, fat is an excellent um, way to add calories to a diet. You know, straight oil, <laughs> there's no carbs in oil. So you don't really need to worry about, you know, bumping up that glucose or insulin using oil. Um, there can be a limit to what horses want to eat. Um, but, you know, if you can get your horse to eat a cup of oil a day, maybe even two cups, um, that would be great. Um, that, you know, one little tablespoon or two capfuls of oil is not going to provide significant calories. You really need to be thinking in cups. And then finally, looking at, you know, senior diets, um, like, like equine senior would be one example that has the forage built in, especially for horses that have poor teeth, because a lot of times they will lose weight because they're not getting the calories they need from forage. So they do need a complete feed substitution for that long stem forage. So finding a, you know, a lower sugar starch, complete feed, you know, equine senior would be a good example, or just, you know, a high fat performance horse feed. A lot of people don't realize you, you can feed those to senior horses too, that are really calorie dense, you know, they're fat added, they're low sugar starch. Um, they're not going to have a high glycemic response uh, to those feeds. And those are good ways to add calories to the ration too. Great, thank you for that. And then for our next question, this is going to be going back over to um, Dr. Pratt Phillips. Peggy is wondering if there is a safe time of day to turn out senior horses with PPID who have foundered so that they can eat some grass. 
Um, yeah, so that's a great question. And it kind of comes into, um, you know, it, it really depends, I guess, on the horse first thing. If it's a horse that has foundered before, they probably should not be on grass ever again, as sad as that might seem. Um, but that's probably going to be the best way to prevent laminitis and really um, do the strictest and best job to um, to monitor their intake of any sugars. Um, the other part of it, too, is to think about how the plant actually uh, grows sugar or synthesizes sugar from the sunlight. And so that's going to happen during the day. So as the plant is exposed, exposed to the sunlight throughout the day, it's going to start producing more and more sugars that are going to be stored within that plant. And then traditionally or typically under normal conditions overnight, the plant would actually start using that sugar and it has its growth phase overnight. And so that would say then early in the morning, even if you're up for it, sort of four o'clock in the morning until, you know, the sun really starts to come out, that would be the best time of day to be out there with um, sort of the lower, lowest concentrations of uh, the sugars in the grasses. Um, but it also really depends on what time of year it is, because if it's really cold at night, then the plants don't actually grow at night. And so those sugars don't decrease overnight. And so they can actually uh, stay high and then actually continue to build over several days. Um, if it's uh, if you've got different types of pastures, cool season grasses versus warm season grasses, there might be other considerations in there, too. But typically, it, it, you know, if you have to put your horse out on pasture and you're a little bit worried about the sugars, first thing in the morning is probably going to be your best bet. So following along off of that, I've heard from a few people that if there's still frost on the grass in the morning, that you should avoid putting the horses out until the frost is gone. Would you agree with that? And how does the frost interact? And how exactly is that a factor there? Um, so that's a good question. And I don't think it's actually the frost itself, um, but just the fact that if it's been cold enough for there to be that frost, then it probably means that those sugars haven't been, you know, used overnight and they might actually still be quite high. That makes a lot of sense there. Great, thank you. And then um, going back over to, uh, um, after that, we're going to go over to Dr. Um, Vineyard for our next one, who we are wondering, Cynthia in California said that she has a 32-year-old thoroughbred who doesn't have much of an appetite and is a slow eater. She's wondering if there's anything that she can give her to encourage her to eat some more. Oh, um, so yes, that could be a really frustrating um, issue. And whenever I talk with, with people and, and, you know, that have horses with a poor appetite, I, I do always wonder, you know, is there any kind of underlying medical condition or pain going on? And, or, you know, maybe that there is some PPID and they're on pergolide, you know, pergolide can actually cause some decreased appetite too. So one, you may have to look at working with your vet to either addressing, you know, any underlying medical condition that may be causing something to have them go off feed. Um, you know, maybe it's fever, maybe it's pain in the mouth, you know, maybe their teeth need to be addressed. Um, and then also, you know, maybe playing around with the pergolide uh, dosage. And if, if that's all kind of taken care of and you're set there and she's just kind of getting old and her appetite's going down, you know, at that point, you really just need to um, be willing to experiment, I think, and try different, um, different feeds. So, you know, if you've been feeding like the same type of feed for a while, or the same type of forage, maybe switch it up and see if something else would kind of tempt her or get her, um, you know, excited about eating. So just like different, you know, sweet feed versus pelleted feed or, you know, grass hay versus alfalfa hay just kind of change it up and see if there's something that she seems to like better. Maybe soak it, maybe don't soak it. And then also um, a lot of horses seem to eat better in company. Um, and so either, you know, see if you can get another horse next to her or in the, in the stall nearby. Um, sometimes that competition kicks in a little bit and that can help horses uh, be a little bit more interested in eating. And, you know, if you have a really, really sick horse, I mean, there are, I have a lot of tricks up my sleeve. You know, you can use little tasty additives, um, you know, chop up some carrots, chop up some apples, you know, use baby food even, like carrot baby food sometimes can get a really sick horse to try to eat. But those are more like stopgap measures um, in a temporary situation. Um, sometimes with these older horses, though, they just, 
um, get slow, their appetite does seem to wane, and you just have to kind of change it up on them every once in a while, in my experience. I don't know, um, Dr. Phillips, do you have any other thoughts on that? No, I think those were some great things. I mean, I think at, at 32, that's an amazing age, and you just right. want to do whatever you can to, you know, keep them comfortable and, and sort of do right by them, and, um, you know, adding in those treats, um, you know, that's a good way to do it. Great. And then you also mentioned there um, playing around with either soaking or not soaking feed. I've heard from a lot of people that soaking feed is essentially a mandatory for older horses. Would you agree with that? Or <laughs> is that kind of a more horse by horse type situation there? Yeah, I would definitely not call it mandatory um, for all senior horses. I would say it's mandatory for a horse that has poor dentition or no teeth, right? So it really comes down to their ability to to, to chew um, chew their feet up properly and swallow because as a horse chews, they produce saliva and that's required to swallow. And if they don't chew enough and they don't produce enough saliva, they are much more prone to choke. So really what soaking does is helps to prevent choke. So I do say if you have a chronic choker or, you know, maybe you're, you know, many horses will choke at least once in their lives, you know, unfortunately. But if you have a horse that chokes, you know, more than once, my rule of thumb, I always soak their feet. So maybe that would be a mandatory situation because I don't want to see that happen again. Um, but it really just does come down to their ability to chew. I would also perfect. just, yes. sorry, I was just going to say too, like there's, no harm in soaking either right. you know it's always a good way to get some extra water into them too and as long as you don't leave it out to the point where it gets moldy or covered in flies um you know it, some horses like the taste of it wet too so yeah then feeding right off of that um cindy from wisconsin was wondering how if her horse still kind of has a desire to chew but she's soaking all of her meals if there's anything she can give her to kind of have that same feeling of chewing while still having a mushy diet. Who's that for? <laughs> you can take uh, it. I will give that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fine. I can just kind of talk about that too. Um, you know, I think the, you know, if you're soaking a hay that's still a long stem hay as opposed to like a chopped hay or a chaff or something like that, I still think that is a good um you know, good thing for the horses to be able to be chew that longer stem uh, feed. If you're looking towards, you know, the horses only on cubes that are chopped up in very fine particles and they still want to have some longer stuff, I think it's fine to even give them a flake a day of, of soaked hay that they can sort of chew on. Um, but I would give it sort of throughout the day so it's not all there all at once, just so they could kind of go back and forth. Great. And then going back to Dr. Vineyard for the next one, then Andy from our live audience is wondering if senior horses typically need a pre or probiotic beyond what is in their feed or ration balancer. Oh, that's a good question. So um, I will say not all prebiotics and probiotics are created equal. So um, and we're really still the I guess I would say the science is still a little um, uncertain as to which prebiotics are the most effective, which ones, you know, will affect a certain horse because every horse is a little different. So, you know, having a blanket senior horse recommendation, it's, it's, it's impossible for me to say whether a senior horse or any horse needs a probiotic or not. Are there cases where probiotics can be helpful? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, typically, you know, there's a couple of, of products out there that have some good data behind it. And, you know, you might want to use those if your horse has, you know, maybe some, you know, you can try them with horses on antibiotics or, or following that course of antibiotics, you know, to kind of repopulate the, the hindgut there, you know, looking at um, maybe horses with some digestive issues or, you know, diarrhea, things like that. Um, but it's kind of a matter of course, just day to day. The data is really not there for us to say that with certainty. And and I will tell you, I wish we did have that data because it would be really nice to know. But the equine microbiome is really complex and, and you know, 
we're still just trying to characterize what a healthy microbiome looks like. And, you know, before we start adding things to it or trying to change it, we, we really need to know what the healthy microbiome is supposed to look like. Great, thank you for that. Um, then next back to Dr. Pratt Phillips. Um, Jessica in New Jersey so that she has a 20 year old PPID horse who is at a good weight, but their top line isn't holding well. She's wondering if you have any nutritional advice that could help with that. Well, so that's a great question. And certainly top line is sort of a hot topic. Um, and I think we need to remember that the most of what's causing a horse to have a good top line is going to come down to um, like the muscles and then also like the skeletal and ligament structure across the back. And so as the horse gets older, those ligaments do start to stretch out. And so that's why you do start to see some sway back types of issues in our old horses. Um, maybe not uh, for your 20-year-old horse right now, but, you know, they are going to change in their shape over time. So, you know, I think that's one part of it. And the other part of it, of course, is the muscle. And so we do sometimes see some uh, lack of muscling along the top line because suddenly our horses get older and perhaps they develop some other health concerns and we start stop exercising them as much. And maybe we have to, um, but that is definitely going to affect that musculature along that back. Um, the, I know there are a lot of products that say that if you feed this, you will develop, your horse will develop uh, top line. And the truth is, is you can't just feed something and hope something will happen. You have to work for it. Muscle needs the nutrients to be able to build and it needs an adequate diet and good uh, protein and amino acids, but you have to get that muscle stimulation there as well. Um, and so if you do have that horse, if he's sound enough even to walk, you can do some good walking exercises. You can do sort of some hill work, uh, circles, and uh, sort of um, some navigation around um, obstacles and things that are relatively low intensity if there are any lameness issues but that can get the horse to sort of stretch out and start to use his back a little bit more just to keep that top line in. Um, certainly good nutrition is going to be a very, very important component of that as well to make sure that you do have all of the nutritional tools to build that muscle when we get that stimulation. That makes a whole lot of sense there. And it's neat how kind of nutrition also, you know, goes hand in hand with still having the older horses work out and you really can't, you know, have the best results with one without also having the other in place there. Yeah. yeah. So are you just saying I can't sit on my couch and drink a protein shake and get big muscles? all day? I wish. Yeah. I wish. Yeah. I eat eggs. I want that six pack to magically appear. Yeah. Sadly. Wish it worked that way, but it doesn't. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Then I'm um, going back to Dr. Vineyard for our next one. Anita in Georgia says that she has a 32-year-old horse who has all of her teeth but doesn't want to eat any hay. She is wondering if there's anything she can supplement with, like beet pulp, or if there's something better she could be using instead. Well, sure. There are a lot of really good hay alternatives out there. Um, there's probably a reason why her mare doesn't want to eat hay. I mean, because that's a very strong natural urge for horses to eat hay. So the fact that her 32 year old doesn't want to, you know, maybe maybe her dentition isn't quite as good anymore. Maybe she has trouble swallowing. So let's find something she likes because all horses do need fiber. Um, beet pulp is a great um, hay alternative or fiber alternative. So, you know, I like to recommend feeding it soaked just because especially for these older horses, um, that's always a good thing. Um, you can have, you know, pelleted hays. So like alfalfa pellets, Timothy pellets, you can soak those. There's also cubes available. There's complete feed. So a complete feed, when, when I say complete feed, um, what I mean is a feed that has the hay built in. So equine senior is a really good example of that. It's specifically made for horses who can't eat much or any long stem fiber anymore. So all of that hay is kind of ground up and the fiber is built into the pellet and you can soak that feed and that's really easy to eat. Um, and then there's hay stretcher products um, out there too, um, you know, commercial products. So any type of complete feed or hay stretcher or, or pelleted hays are all really good alternatives to long stem fiber or long stem hay. 
And then still thinking about Hey Little Bit there for um, Dr. Pratt Phillips up next. Um, Catherine in Minnesota asked if hay nets could be hard for older horses to navigate and if there's any other similar alternatives. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I use a hay net on my own horse um, and they're really great uh, for some reasons, but you know, the horse does have to work a little bit harder for it. And if you've got a horse that is perhaps, um, you know, already losing weight, you know, then you don't want to make them have to work even harder. You're often trying, you know, we've already talked about some horses that just don't want to eat as much as they should. So you don't want to make it any harder for them. Um, and so depending on what your situation is, or, you know, you might need to, we might need to know why she wants to feed the hay nets. Um, certainly there are a lot of great reasons to feed hay nets, but if the reason is to kind of keep feed up and out of the stall, there might be other uh, solutions, even having um, a big uh, tub that the horse can uh, eat out of. You can keep it up off the stall a little bit so that the horse doesn't even have to put their neck down. You can put it up at sort of water bucket height. Um, or if, um, you know, it's because you're you're trying to soak your hay and it's easier to soak it in a hay net. Maybe you could also look at an alternative where you create something with a, a feed bucket. You put the hay in and it's got holes drilled in the bottom and you can soak that and then lift out that um, that soaked hay and just feed it from that bucket. Um, so it really kind of depends a little bit about what uh, why she's using the hay nets to really figure out um, what alternatives might be best for that horse. Great, thank you. And then from our live audience, this one will go to Dr. Vineyard. Juliet, from our live audience, would like to ask how you would approach feeding an older horse with arthritis and if there's any special considerations there. Sure, um, you know, uh, many older horses will develop arthritis uh, in their later years. So, um, you know, first of all, I would say keep them in a healthy body condition. You you certainly don't want them to be overweight and to put more stress on their joints. And then secondly, you know, you want to, is there any support you can give them, you know, from a kind of dietary perspective, you know, you can look at it two ways, anti-inflammatory and also some like specific joint support. So when you're talking about anti-inflammatory, um, you know, first thing that comes to mind is is omega-3 fatty acids and and in making sure you know the horse has some access you know pastures are really good source of omega-3 fatty acids but also things like flaxseed um, we have a new um, oil called ahi flower oil that actually converts to epa in the blood so has a little bit more of a kind of a physiological effect in the body than than striped flax which is an ala and then you also um, can look at joint support, you know, from like a glucosamine or chondroitin supplement. And that, again, can be a whole nother lecture on supplements and choosing choosing a joint supplement. Um, I would say it's a it's something to try um, and you would want to select a one from a reputable company that has some good um, data behind it and maybe working with a veterinarian to see if that's something that might be an option. Another option are some really good medical management of arthritis, you know, so there are, you know, some things that your veterinarian can do to help ease your horse's kind of discomfort from arthritis, you know, either through injections or, you know, some intermuscular injections or interarticular injections. So that's certainly something you'd want to work with your veterinarian on, and they're very effective. Um, so if you kind of attack it from all sides, you know, healthy body weight, kind of a, a anti-inflammatory diet, so to speak, maybe some oral joint support and then medical support, um, you'd be really taking good care of your horse. Great, thank you. And then next we're going to go back over to Dr. Pratt Phillips. Frank from Missouri is wondering if there's any ideas for his horse who drops a lot of food while eating. So yeah, so that's called um, like quitting when the horse drops their food. And so that's usually a sign that they have either something wrong with their teeth or perhaps uh, some other mouth issue. They could have an ulcer or something like that on their tongue. Um, and so they're not, um, chewing and then swallowing properly. And so they're dropping their teeth. And so from there, the best bet is to go and contact the veterinarian to do a dental exam and see 
if there is anything that is perhaps if there are any points in the horse's teeth um, or if there are any abscesses, perhaps a tooth was lost and then, you know, that area got infected. Um, you know, there are lots of reasons that could cause a horse to have some discomfort in their mouth that's causing them to not be able to chew properly and swallow pop properly. So that that call to the veterinarian would be the best thing to start out with. And then certainly, um, you know, Kelly's kind of talked about a few different options for uh, forage alternatives that are a little bit easier to consume if those uh, teeth aren't working as well as they should. Perfect, thank you there. And then back over to Dr. Vineyard. Um, Claire from Ontario is wondering what type of, of oil, if any, is best for senior horses. I know you touched on this a little bit already with feeding, you know, oil in cups versus just tablespoons, but mm -hmm. are there any specific types that are more useful than others? Right. So certainly um, when you're if you're looking to feed oil for calories, you want to feed it in enough quantity to supply calories. Um, so, yeah, you're thinking, you know, half a cup, a cup, even up to two cups a day even um, some horses will eat that and that's a good way to get more calories in you know there's a lot of different types of oils it sort of depends on your goal if it's just calories you know something like soybean oil uh, i like to recommend it's easy to find at the grocery store a lot of times it's labeled as vegetable oil um, when you look on the back and it says soybean oil um, you can also buy soybean oil at your feed store um, and it has uh, both omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids, which are both essential fatty acids. Um, a lot of people like to demonize omega-6 fatty acids, but that's actually the only one we have a known requirement for in horses. Um, so they do need omega-6 fatty acids in their diet. Um, you're, so um, they're not something to be completely avoided. And then, you know, if we're looking to really sort of shift the balance to more omega-3s, you can look at oils like flaxseed oil um, is a good source of omega-3s. Fish oil is a great source of omega-3s, and it has what I like to call like more biologically active omega-3s, which are EPA and DHA. Um, the challenge with that is getting horses to eat it, um, but there are, are there some, some good ones out there. And then also I mentioned there's um, a new product that we have just come out with at Purina called ahi flower oil. It's from the ahi flower plant and the it's high in ALA and some other omega fatty acids and then once um, the horse consumes it that those fatty acids are con con like converted to EPA which is one of those more biologically active um, omega-3 fatty acids and so we've got some data on that and it was really cool research that we did and it's on our Purina site but um, there's a lot of, you know, people like to ask about corn oil. Corn oil is really palatable, so that's a big positive. It's also very affordable. Um, it's a good option. Um, it will have no omega-3s in it. It only is going to have, you know, some omega-6s and other fatty acids. But if that's not something you're too concerned about, it's, it's actually a really affordable option as well. Great. And then I think someone is also wondering about coconut oil. I don't think that's one that has been touched on yet. Sure. Um, again, good source of calories, very rich in medium chain fatty acids. So, uh, yeah, coconut oil is another good source of, of oil and calories. You're not going to get um, essential fatty acids from that, but but certainly very calorie rich. And, and the medium chain triglycerides do have some health benefits as well. Perfect. Yeah, and then to back to... Um, Sorry, go on. I was just going to reiterate that, you know, when it comes to the different oils, they all have very similar con calorie content. And so the differences then are going to be the types of fatty acids that are within them and then the price. And so that kind of comes into what you're actually looking for the oil to do. If you're just trying to add calories cheaply, then corn oil might be your best bet. But if you're looking for some anti-inflammatory properties, too, then you kind of want to go towards the linseed or this um, product that... Purina Animal Nutrition has or fish oil, yeah. Great, and then staying with um, you, Dr. Pratt-Phillips, for next question. Um, Brienne from Ohio said that she has a pony who takes about an hour to eat her soaked alfalfa and pelleted feed every night. And she's wondering if she should be worried about how long it's taking him to eat, even though he is finishing all of it. So if he's finishing all of it, I think that's a good sign. Um, I would probably suggest a dental visit and checkup just in case there is something that's slowing them down. 
But sometimes when, you know, if you think about the volume of feed that you're giving, if it is soaked, um, you know, then you're sort of adding more to the mass that they're having to consume, right? So if you were feeding five pounds of dry hay, suddenly you add water to that or five pounds of dry hay cubes and you add water to that, then suddenly the horse is really eating, you know, maybe eight to 10 pounds. And so that total volume that they're going to eat is going to take longer. And so if it's soaked like that, I don't think that's necessarily a concern as long as they are eating it. And I think the only worry would be if they don't consume all of it, then is it uh, attracting flies and perhaps going moldy before the owner has a chance to you know, go in and feed it. Great, thank you. And then back over to Dr. Vineyard for our next one. Delana from Oklahoma is wondering if you have any advice for horses who are aborted who have special dietary needs. So for example, they're a horse that you don't have your on your own property, you don't have full management control over, and anything she should be extra aware of at the boarding facilities she's looking at to be sure that they're going to be able to take care of her special needs older horse. Oh, that's a that's a good question. Um, I think it can really vary. I mean, it varies what the horse's needs are primarily. So say your horse has restrictions from grazing, um, maybe you, your horse needs only dry lots. You know, you want to make sure that that boarding facility is prepared to to only turn your horse out in a dry lot, you know, if, if they have to be restricted from grass. You know, if your horse is, um, you know, needs maybe to gain weight, um, more meals per day is a good thing. I Minimum two meals a day. So, you know, I like boarding facilities if, if that's, you know, if my horse needs a lot of calories, I want it split to at least two meals a day, if not three. So basically the more the better. So that's a good thing to look for, you know, that they can provide that service. Um, I'm just trying to think of anything specific to senior horses um, that I would want to know uh, that my facility can handle. You know, if, if your horse can't eat hay, that's a big challenge in a boarding facility, I will say, because it if you're going to have to feed your horse like a soaked complete feed, it's going to take them longer to eat typically than um, just a grain meal of, of a horse that doesn't need that complete feed. So are they able to keep the horse separated for longer so other horses don't steal his food or, you know, he gets his portion that he needs. So being able to feed individually and then, you know, turning them out as needed would be another thing to, to definitely ask about and make sure they're doing. Um, anything else, Shannon, that comes to mind? Um, I guess just the other thing, too, is just having, you know, depending on the boarding facility is maybe just having really good signs around your horse's stall. No hay, soaked hay only, especially if it's a yeah. horse maybe that is sensitive to treats. You could say, you know, no treats, um, because if it's a big facility, there might be, um, you know, several people who are employed, there might be a high turnover, there might be different people who come in on the weekends. And so just making sure that the big rules are kind of out there and in front and even repeated a couple times. Um, I think that's a good thing to do. And and I think, you know, if you, um, if your facility can't accommodate you, then I think that's a reason to, you know, potentially look elsewhere if you had to. And then going right off of that, Margaret in Wisconsin said that, says that her horse is at a facility where he's only fed once a day. And while his weight is fine now, she's worried about in the future if that could be a bit of an issue. So I know you've already mentioned adding oil, for example, but is there anything else she can do if her horse is only getting fed once a day to help him keep weight on? Um, uh, go ahead. Yeah, so I think... Again, it might, uh, you know, if the horse is fine right now, then, you know, you maybe don't worry about it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, although, like um, Dr. Vineyard, I do definitely like um, having additional feedings, especially if the, the amount of food that you have to give starts to get, um, you know, added on. Um, but I definitely uh, think that at some point, you know, if the horse is getting older, they will need those additional feeding schedules. So it might be uh, an opportunity to have an early conversation with some management about how to do that. Uh, but there are also some neat pieces of equipment that you can get. And a lot of them are more designed for livestock uh, or your personal pets. But 
feeders that are actually on timers. So perhaps that could be something that could be uh, used as well. Um, there are lots of different types of products that, that will work on timers or that will do every three hours. They'll give a little bit of food. Uh, so those might be an option to look into as well. Great, thank you. And then um, staying with you, um, Dr. Pratt Phillips, Lynn from our audience said that she has an older gelding who has lost several teeth. She currently soaks his hay and has pelleted senior feed, but she's wondering if there's other steps that she can take to be sure that he easily digests all of his meals and gets all of his nutrition. Uh, so that's, that's great. It sounds like you're doing a lot already, so that's wonderful. Um, I guess, you know, the, the thing that I would also consider doing again kind of comes back to this last question and the question previously about the number of meals per day. Uh, if the horse has smaller meals, they're going to, it's, it's not perhaps going to sort of jet through the horse's digestive tract quite so quickly. And so it might actually have an opportunity to stick around and be digested a little bit more efficiently if they're smaller meals. Um, but again, I think also working with a nutritionist to make sure that the the number of calories that you're feeding and all the other nutrients are appropriate for your horse because sometimes you know if you're feeding perhaps a bunch of different things with some hay and then with some uh, complete feed and then maybe you're feeding something else and if you're not feeding the correct amounts of some of these commercial products especially you might not actually be getting all of the other nutrients that they're that they're getting in so i do think working with a nutritionist or a, a, an analytical type of system or a commercial uh, you know, feed uh, nutritionists, I think that's always a good idea to actually go through and, and take a look at the whole diet and really add it up and look at it for that horse. Great. And then going back to Dr. Vineyard next, um, Maura from Virginia is curious about adding flaxseed into a senior horse's diet. Oh, again, my favorite topic, omegas. <laughs> um, you know, yep. flaxseed is a great ingredient. Um, it, uh, you know, in addition to calories from fat and essential fatty acids, um, namely omega-3 fatty acids, you know, it contains some protein and some fiber too. Um, we uh, at Purina utilize flaxseed in almost all of our formulas because it's such a great ingredient. Um, so yeah, if you wanna give your horse a little extra support for omegas and a little extra coat shine, um, I'm always supportive of adding some flaxseed um, you know, there's a lot of different ways you can accomplish that. Um, there are, you know, some commercial supplements that are stabilized that uh, I would recommend because just kind of raw flaxseed and especially if you, you know, grind it, it can be, um, it can oxidize basically. And so those fatty acids can kind of break down pretty quickly. Um, so you can either buy some stabilized um, products or, you know, there's, other you know products that contain flax that maybe have a better shelf life um, so just be aware of that if you if you do feed flaxseed um, but I, I do think it's a, a good ingredient and if anything it, it definitely will uh, help your horse have a shiny coat great and then going back to um, Dr. Pratt Phillips for her next question Linda in Texas is wondering what would happen if she fed a younger horse senior grain yeah, so that's a great question, and uh, I guess the bottom line is probably nothing. It's a great, <laughs> most senior feeds are great feeds. Um, I think the one thing that I would be concerned about perhaps is to make sure that if you're looking for a feed uh, that you're feeding in addition to hay, that type of senior feed might be very different from a type of senior feed that's a complete feed. And so that would kind of come into, uh, you know, looking at the whole diet again, and then actually choosing the product specifically and making sure that you're actually also feeding a senior feed that's formulated to be fed with hay, because then the amounts that you're going to be feeding are going to be very different so that the horse gets all of the other nutrients that it's intended to get. Uh, but I think in general, many senior feeds are very high quality. They tend to have very high quality ingredients within them. They might have a slightly better protein profile. They've certainly got um, many of them also have some added uh, probiotics, prebiotics. Of course, we don't really know how effective they might be. But, um, you know, there are a lot of good things that are already included in senior feeds. So I think they can be very helpful or, or very suitable for non-senior feeds 
courses as well. I don't know, Kelly, if you want to add to that. Um, I, yeah, that's a that's exactly uh, what I would have said. I, I will say um, you may want to avoid feeding senior feed to young growing horses. And the main reason for that is, is, is something called kind of like the calorie to nutrient ratio. So when we're formulating feeds for young growing horses, their needs for nutrients are much higher in relation to the, their calorie needs as compared to like how what the senior horse needs. And so this, in, in other words, a senior horse feed may be a little bit more dilute in nutrients as, compo as compared to like a growing horse feed. So you do run the risk if you underfeed a senior feed, especially to like say a yearling or a, a, you know, a weanling, they could be missing some key ingredients needed for growth. So that's really the only kind of watch out. But if you have a mature horse, say like a five-year-old, um, I, I actually, um, work with Dr. Les Brewer, who was created Equine Senior, you know, way back when, many, many years ago. He was, we call him the grandfather of, of Equine Senior. And he always liked to say Equine Senior is like a, the biggest misnomer in, in horse feed because it actually can be fed to any mature horse. So kind of along the lines of what Shannon was saying, as long as you're feeding it, you know, according to the directions and, you know, make sure you're, you don't, you probably don't need a complete feed that replaces forage for a horse that has good teeth and can eat forage, but there are senior feeds that are be, are made to be fed with hay. So like from Purina, that would be equine senior active, you know, that is made to be fed with hay. And uh, quite honestly, I recommend that feed all the time to five and six and seven year olds because it's such a, there's a lot of other qualities in that feed that I really like for performance horses. Great, so before we go on to our next question, just to remind everyone listening live, we have about 10 minutes left. So if you have any last minute questions, definitely be sure to get them in. And then we got a question from Julie in Virginia, who is curious about the differences in feeding active senior horses who are still being ridden, still working versus retired senior horses. And I know both of you have said that you've had older horses. So I'd love to have both of your answers. Maybe how about we start with Dr. Vineyard and then move on to Dr. Pratt Phillips for this. Right. I mean, if your horse is still active and you're exercising and he's working, he needs the calories. So you're going to feed that, that horse that needs the calories a lot differently, more differently than a horse that is retired and that doesn't need the calories. So again, it basically comes down to calorie need and whether or not that horse can still eat hay. A lot of these active seniors can still eat hay. So again, uh, you know, if you want to, the benefits of a senior feed, so, um, that would be some extra prebiotics and, and senior active um, that have been shown to kind of support metabolic function and support uh, inflammatory profiles. You know, yes, feed that senior active feed to your horse that can still eat hay and he's going to get the benefits from some of those additions plus the calories he needs. Um, and then you have your retired horse. Um, maybe he can still eat hay too. So maybe he doesn't need a complete feed. Maybe he needs a ration balancer because he is just kind of getting chunky out there on the pasture, um, but he still needs protein, vitamins, and minerals. And that's kind of where a really good ration balancer comes in, even if he's 25 years old. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of the opposite of like, can you feed a senior horse to a young horse? Well, you can also feed a younger horse feed to a senior horse. It really depends on what that horse needs. Yeah, that's a great answer. I was just also going to add that, um, you know, one of the best things, and this is not even necessarily for this answer, but uh, one of the best things that you can do as a horse owner is really learn how to do body condition scoring well. And as you do have an older horse, you might even do things like taking regular photos and doing some body measurements around the heart girth and even the belly circumference. So you have more than just your memory of what your horse looked like and maybe get a, a well-trained friend or your vet or somebody to also do that periodically um, because if you do have that active horse you know that it's calories are sort of the easiest thing that we can balance for and look for in our horse's diet because we know just by looking at the horse if they're deficient or if they're getting too many of them and so if we're really good at that body condition scoring and monitoring the, the body fat coverage on those horses, then if your horse is active and you start to notice that he's losing a little bit of weight, then that's very easy to have that signal, okay, my horse needs more calories. And then like Dr. Vineyard said, if you've got your retired horse, 
you know, they still might have all of the good uh, dental health and, and physiologic health as a younger horse, but they just might not need the required the same amount of calories. And so uh, calorie intake really becomes perhaps one of the biggest differences between an, an active versus a, a retired horse if they're otherwise healthy. And watching those uh, the body condition score is the easiest way to monitor that because unfortunately calories aren't on feed tags. So the only way to really balance for that is by looking at your horse. Great, and then also for um, Dr. Pratt Phillips, Tamara from our live audience wonders if you recommend feeding a senior feed to draft horses and if they still need a high fat diet. And she also mentioned that her horse does not have PSSM. Uh, so yeah, great question. And um, I'll admit I am uh, less experienced working with draft horses myself, um, but what we what we do tend to know and what's being reported is because they do tend to have a uh, sort of um, better maybe not better is not the right term but um, a gentler temperament and maybe an easier keeper type of metabolism just innately they do tend to gain weight and become obese a little bit easier perhaps than some other horses and so again I would be watching that body condition score and then I would be going back and doing sort of your your older horse checklist in terms of looking at their dental health, looking at, you know, looking at their feces even and making sure that it seems well formed and they're still able to digest things properly and looking at their activity level and looking at sort of all of the things that we would look at to determine if a horse even needed a senior feed versus not. And then just also kind of keeping in mind that these horses might be more prone to developing some obesity um, if we're not careful with their energy intake and then just kind of watching that. Great, thank you. And then going back over to um, Dr. Vineyard for our next question. Jane from Ohio is wondering your thoughts on feeding senior horses who also have ulcers. Well, sure, you know, senior horses are, are like any horse and, and unfortunately there's a high incidence of ulcers, especially in performance horses and, and any horse under stress. So when you're thinking about specifically managing ulcers, you're trying to manage the acid in their stomach. So, you know, whether they're a senior or not, um, that's really the goal. Um, the special challenge with senior horses is if they can't eat long-stemmed hay, it becomes more of a challenge to sort of manage that acid by keeping them full of forage all day long. Because um, ideally, you would have forage in front of these horse, you know, horses 24-7, and they, that is one way to kind of help manage gastric pH. So if a senior horse can't chew long stem forage, you're going to need to feed multiple meals per day, you know, of that mash or of that um, kind of pelleted hay or pelleted feed and, and try to spread that out so they are eating something, you know, every few hours to kind of help keep to manage the gastric pH. And you can also, you know, look at the gastric buffering supplements out there. Um, Purina Outlast would be an example of that. You can add that to meals or you can also kind of feed it as a snack in between meals. And it's been, you know, shown to to basically help help manage gastric pH and kind of keep it where um, it needs to be in terms of, you know, not exacerbating ulcers. And then, you know, finally, just always keeping in mind that if your horse has ulcers, you know, that's a medical condition and needs to be treated with medication, um, you know, working with your veterinarian. Um, do horses, do ulcers go away on their own? Um, I think they can and they do sometimes. It will take a lot longer than if they're medicated. So I'm a big proponent of medicating and then changing your management to help prevent them from coming back. So um, yeah, that's that's basically my thoughts on on feeding horses with ulcers. And then for our last question of the night, playing off of that a little bit for Dr. Pratt Phillips, for horses that have kind of special other considerations to take into account there. George from Tennessee is wondering how he could slowly introduce more calories to a very thin senior rescue horse that he just took in. Yeah, so that's a, a great question. And um, I hope he has kind of looked into that situation a little bit because rescued horses, horses that have been starved and actually are are sort of scary thin, I suppose. Um, they have a very specific 
uh, change that happens to their metabolism. And so you have to feed them very, very carefully in those first couple of weeks as after they've been rescued. And I'll send you to it's um, Stull, S-T-U-L-L, and Rodiek, R-O-D-I-E-K. And if you Google that, there's a very uh, good outline on how to feed rescued horses well. And then from there, once the horse is sort of just thin, then I think it kind of comes back to some of the things that Dr. Vineyard and myself have been talking about in terms of making sure we're getting a lot of calories coming from as much hay as possible if they're able to eat it, perhaps some more alfalfa, alfalfa cubes, soaked feeds, and then perhaps also looking into some of the commercial feeds that are complete feeds to just make sure that if there are some issues with the teeth, they can really make sure that they're getting all of those nutrients in, perhaps soaking it as well. And then also, again, that fat is going to be an excellent calorie source that might be considered for that type of rescue horse. And, and thank you for going out and looking after that one. And I hope he does well. Great. Well, thank you, both of you. That's all we have time for tonight. Um, and I would like to thank both of you for joining us and taking part in this. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, thank Bye. you. Also, we would like to thank Purina Animal Nutrition for sponsoring this event. And finally, thank you to our audience for listening and sending in tons of great questions. Until next time, from everyone at the horse, have a great night.